You're listening to the Douglas Jacoby Podcast. Here we bring you some of the material found on Douglas's website in podcast form. We hope that as you listen, you are challenged to think about faith. Today, Douglas continues his series on Christ through the ages. Now looking at Jude, Lordship or License. For more on this episode, follow the link in the show notes to Douglas's website. Now here's today's teaching. This is Christ Through the Ages, Lesson 22, from the book of Jude. I've entitled it, Lordship or License. Traditionally, Jude is the brother of Jesus Christ, and it's true that Jesus did have a brother by that name, according to Matthew 13. Although it would be hard to prove that it's the same man, because it's a very common, very popular name. But we can assume that it is the brother of Jesus There is evidence, and notice how he described himself, a servant of Jesus Christ and a brother of James, James being the best known of Jesus' four brothers. To those who have been called, who are loved by God the Father and kept by Jesus Christ, mercy, peace, and love be yours in abundance. And I hope you'll remember that phrase, kept by Jesus Christ, we'll need it at the end of the lesson. could also be rendered kept in Jesus Christ or kept for Jesus Christ. Then he gets right to the point. Why is he writing this letter? There's a problem. And all the letters are written because there are issues. People need help. They need practical help. Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt I had to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to the saints. In other words, he had planned one kind of letter, but he felt it was better to write a different kind of letter. And they're going to have to put some effort into this. And he says that the faith is once for all entrusted to the saints. Why would he say that unless someone's trying to improve on it, trying to add to it? And he's not saying that the entire New Testament has been written. The faith being once for all entrusted to the saints means that the apostles have faithfully passed on the teachings from Jesus Christ in their ministry. And we see this in the New Testament documents, of course. It's already been passed on. In other words, there's not going to be any new thing. We may get new insights, but no new doctrines, no new action on the part of Jesus. It's been done. Well, there is another side, because there's some men who disagree with that. For certain men whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you. They are godless men who change the grace of our God into a license for immorality and deny Jesus Christ, our only sovereign and Lord. And again, um, this points to Jesus' divinity. I mean, you can't serve two lords, right? So we have the Lord God, but Jesus is our only sovereign Lord, only one Lord. So these people have slipped in, and as often as the pattern with false teachers, they reject authority, and they are very uh, much involved in sensual sin. And we see this, that pattern in Second Peter and in Jude. In fact, Jude is so similar to 2 Peter, chapters 2 and 3, that some think that Jude is a condensation of 2 Peter 2 and 3. Others with that 2 Peter 2 and 3 may be an expansion of Jude. Either way, they talk about very similar people, and there are two aspects. They, these people flaunt to a certain kind of freedom. They, they claim to be free, so they reject authority, they reject accountability, they reject the, the true claim of the Lord over them, and in their freedom, they indulge the flesh. Uh, they, uh, they, they are very worldly people. And it's that combina- combination of 
uh, of rejecting authority and living immoral lives. And that immorality should not be thought to be sexual only. It would be much more. And the Bible condemns all kinds of immorality, from drunkenness to selfishness, uh, materialism. Uh, These are people who simply do not honor the Lord. There are Old Testament precedents for these people. And so Jude tells us about various examples in that would be known to the Jews from the Old Testament and even from the book of Enoch, a familiar story to the Jews about people who who fit this pattern. And he also tells us in verse 17 that the apostles had warned about this very thing. You'll see a similar warning in 2 Peter. But the apostles warned us that this happened before, it'll happen again. There's a pattern uh, with Old Testament history and the history of the church. Paul was aware of that pattern. 1 Corinthians 10, for example, Peter is aware of that, 2 Peter 2, and he says, we need to watch out. Now, let's read, starting in verse 17. But dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ foretold. They said to you, in the last times there will be scoffers who will follow their own ungodly desires. These are men who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the Spirit. So right there we see they act as though they're spiritual, but they confuse their natural impulses uh, you know, with, with God's moving. They think they have the Holy Spirit, but, but they don't. Or you could translate that they're unspiritual. Do not have the Spirit is probably a little bit of a paraphrase, but it's the same general idea. Then he says, but you, dear friends, build yourselves up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. What verses 20 and 21 are telling us is that we have a responsibility to build ourselves up in our faith. How are you going to do that if you don't take some time to read and pray, meditate on the Word, and be close to brothers or sisters who are making similar efforts? We need to pray in the Holy Spirit. Sorry, the Pentecostals say that's praying in tongues. No such thing. Praying in the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians 14 and in Jude, means praying spiritually, not just rambling off, uh, you know, rattling off a, a humanistic kind of prayer, but truly praying in the Spirit. We have to make effort, and we're not praying in the Holy Spirit if we're living an unholy life, and that already constitutes a major difference uh, with the, the false prophets. It says we need to build ourselves up. We need to keep ourselves in God's love. Someone says, well, you can never lose your salvation. God, nothing will separate us from the love of Christ, Romans 8. Well, nothing external will separate us as long as we're willing. That's why Jude says we need to keep ourselves in God's love, Jude 21. Yes, you can be separated if you separate yourself. And it's not to deny the work of Christ. It says we should do so as we wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring us to eternal life. He's going to do the work, but we have to do our part. It's kind of like Philippians 2.12. There are two sides to this thing. So uh, Christ uh, keeps us. That's back in verse 1. We're loved by God the Father. We're kept by Jesus Christ. Yet we need to keep ourselves in God's love. Obviously, there are two extremes. One kind of person says, it's all down to me. I'm no good. Or all down to me. Look at me. Look what I'm doing. The other extreme would be, Uh, to say, well, I don't do anything. It's just God. And so I don't think I will do anything. That's the danger of that theology. You think it's all God, then you end up doing nothing at all. Well, not only do we have to take responsibility for ourselves, but we must take responsibility for others in 
the body of Christ. Continuing, be merciful to those who doubt. Snatch others from the fire and save them. To others show mercy mixed with fear, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. So we need to keep ourselves in Christ's love, but we also need to look after our brother. We need to help him to stay in Christ's love. It says be merciful to those who doubt. That doesn't mean just ignore them. Certainly it means to help them. Snatch others from the fire. I mean, some people we need to be gentle with. Some people we need to move very quickly because they will, they're in a bad place and the clock is ticking. Save them. Others show mercy mixed with fear. Sometimes we show mercy, but boy, it's a dangerous uh, uh, place they've got themselves in. Uh, this reminds me of Galatians 6. Not everyone can restore everyone. When a brother's trapped in sin, when you want to help him back, We've got to make sure that we're not contaminated by his thinking or his practices. Uh, I mean, it reminds me, some years ago, one brother was was doing drugs, and I think another brother sent to help the guy ended up joining him. So they're both smoking pot. Well, great. Uh, Not everyone is equally capable of helping everyone else, but as a whole, we all need to help each other and and be aware that this uh, this is not easy, and this is not casual. The threat of false teaching and the false lifestyle that flows from that is a very real threat. We saw that in First John. We saw that in Jude. Uh, we saw that in uh, the Peters. We see that all over the Bible. In the prophets, it's a deep biblical theme. I love the way it, it concludes. He doesn't conclude saying, and by the way, do this and do that too. It concludes with a tremendous expression of confidence in Jesus' sovereignty. And I will simply read it. I hope this will give you confidence. I hope it will prepare you for the last lesson from the New Testament, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That's the next one before we start looking at Christ in church history and Christ as understood in the other world religions. But uh, for just using the New Testament uh, Revelation will be our, our last talk, but this is how I want to end Jude. I want to end it the way he ended it, in his beautiful doxology. A doxology is a word of praise. Please listen to this and hear God ministering to you. God saying, you can do this, brother, sister. You can hang in there. You can deal with this problem. You will be faithful 10 years from now, 25 years from now. You'll never walk away. You're going to trust me. You're going to do your part, and I'll do my part. Listen to these inspiring words. To him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord, before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. We hope you enjoyed Douglas's series on Christ through the ages. For additional notes and resources, be sure to check out Douglas's website in the show notes. The website has hundreds of articles, podcasts, and videos for you to access for free. You can also become a premium subscriber and gain access to thousands of online resources from Douglas's teaching. 